Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Where will each chapter take you? June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. After a stressful take on the valley, there's nothing more relaxing than playing a round of June's Journey. I take in all the glamorous culture of the 1920s, scandalous family secrets, and explore and even build my own vivid sceneries. So can you crack the case? June needs your help, detective. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, all my magical listeners? Loving you so much on this beautiful day. Luke and I are back. Welcome back to another episode of Sex, Love, and What Else Matters. And we have a guest that we've been trying to lock down, and I'm so excited, and you guys are going to be too. Joey Sasso, welcome to the pod. What up, fam? Thanks for having me. This is going to be really exciting because I think we've all been in the position before where, like, we're in this business. Every friend has a podcast, and it's always like, yeah, of course, I'll come on and we'll shoot the shit. And, like, I would always do that, but, like... When we were texting, we were actually talking about like real shit. And I'm like, oh, this will actually be really fun to talk about because I'm pretty much an open book. And, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people who I think you can agree with. Like you get to know in the business, you know them on the real level. But then you also know that the level that they put out there that they don't want to show where I feel like me and you are both the type that's like, this is who we are. Take it or leave it. Exactly. So I want to say really quickly how I personally know Joey. I was a fan first and foremost of the circle circle season one. As everyone knows, Joey was the winner. If you call it, do you call it like a winner? It's like you were just, you were the favorite. Like everyone loved you. You played yourself on the circle. You didn't catfish and you were yeah. number one. It's, it's weird, dude. Cause you know, that show has been around a couple of years now. And, and like, of course at the time, uh, being the first winner and whatnot, like changed my life, catapulted my career. I'd been struggling in LA at that point for almost 10 years being a struggling actor, writer, you know, aspiring filmmaker. And, you know, it's funny in retrospect, it's sort of like being the winner of the show for me is the thing I think about the least because you, you know, it, we were Netflix's first real reality show and I made so many amazing friends and I thought the show was going to be a huge flop because I don't watch reality TV and I'm sitting there in the UK and I'm like, what the fuck? We're sitting here talking to screens and shit and like, yeah, we're all (laughs) friends and it's great, but like nothing's happening. I'm like, what I know about reality TV is people hook up and fight and We're not doing that. So I was surprised when the show came out and it just completely took off. I didn't I did not expect that. And I think it's pretty cool that the reason people really responded to the show was the fact that it wasn't those things that people, you know, are used to. And it was, wow, this is actually strangely wholesome. And people like me and other of my friends represent a certain box in society that people judge, but instead of judging it, well, you judge us in the beginning, then by the end, you see like, oh, we're actually nice and more than just what you think. I mean, it it was just a crazy experience, man. It changed my life. It it got my career off the ground and uh, I'm just forever grateful. I'll never have anything bad to say about that experience. 
And the wild thing is with the circle for me as a, as a viewer, cause I, strangely enough, I too am not a big reality TV show watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like competition type shows. I love like the voice and like America's got talent and like those kinds of shows. And I, and I do, I'm a Kardashians fan. Okay. But what I like about the circle, what I thought was so interesting was like, in order for that show to do well, you guys had to carry the show because you had no one to be in a scene with. Yeah. <laughs> like you literally, so for those of you who haven't seen it, I highly recommend season one. No offense to the other seasons. I didn't get into them quite as much as I did season one. Um, there's a lot of magic in any season one of a new series, mm-hmm. but you guys literally had to sit in a room and talk to a screen, like you said, and that's the way you're communicating with other human beings. And then I met you when we did a project that has not come out yet. So we can't say a lot about it, but it's called the goat on Amazon freebie. And yeah, I, we, I wish we could talk all about it. But the second I met you, I was like, he's exactly how I thought he was going to be. Just so fun and funny and kind and open and warm and like a hype man. And it's like you are what you see is what you get. Oh, thank you so much, honey. And, and same to you. And I think it's really cool because I was never going for this that, you know, my family would tell me for for so many years they saw me struggling. Like I always knew what I wanted to do. It wasn't like I'm going to try this. It was college is not for me. I am a film nerd through and through. I got out to L.A. as soon as I could and put it all on the line and, you know, struggled for so many years, had nothing. And my family would always just tell me if people could just see your real personality, they'd fall in love with you. And for people who don't know what the L.A. acting scene is like, you don't get to show your personality. You walk into a room and it's, hi, my name's Joey. I'm reading for the role of Kristen. Action. You do your thing. You're out. They don't want to know shit about you. So when this you know, reality stuff sort of presented itself. It was sort of the easiest thing that had happened because I was just able to go and be myself and not try to put anything on. So to, to hear you say like, you know, you were exactly the way I thought you were to me, that's just the coolest thing ever, man, because I think there, there definitely is a value to going on camera, going on screen and not putting on the persona, just being who you are authentically and seeing people that respond to that from around the world. It's, and you know, it from being the shows you've been on, it's, it's really gratifying. It's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, just something I want to happen with Luke, because you kind of said it right off the bat about how, you know, especially in LA, there's a lot of like judgment and people look at you and it's like, thick New York accent, slick back hair, like earrings, like he's a bro, he's a Jersey Shore kind of guy. And like Luke is recent, like he doesn't live in LA, you know, you live in Colorado technically, but being here with me, love you to pieces for it. I think a lot of people judge Luke because they're like, oh, small town boy from Indiana. He lives out in Colorado. He must be a little wallflower. He's so quiet. You know, and it's like, well, no, actually, I just sometimes people don't let him talk like yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna fight the big personalities that I'm surrounded by. You know what I mean? It's like everybody trying to fight for jockeying for position, who can get more words in. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not entering that fight with you guys. I mean, you got Kristen and Jackson, Brittany in the same room. It's like, you know what? I'm good without getting words in for a bit. That's so funny. Yeah, dude. And and, and I know what it's like too when you're when you're in that position of going out to that world and sort of taking it in for the first time because it's it's a lot, man. Like I remember when I first you know got out there and i just remember having culture shock for so many reasons there's one example i always give i'll never forget i was 18 years old i was living in studio city ventura and vineland the old uh, archstone building which is now ava avalon 
Shut up. You lived at Archstone. Yeah, that was that was my first place for seven, seven or eight years in L.A. And uh, I was on my own living in a studio. I go next door to that uh, plaza where there's Ralph's, CVS, all that. And I'm getting a coffee and I hold the door for this dude. I'm like, good morning, man. Nice to see you. And he stopped and he looked at me and he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, what? And he was like, you held the door, looked at me and said, good morning. I was like, yeah. He's like, you must be from New York. <laughs> and I That's was like, cool. yeah. he's like, yeah, people don't do that here. And I called my mom and I'll never forget. I was like, mom, where the fuck am I? Like, that's the most just common courtesy. Hi, how are you? You know what <laughs> I mean? So I know what it's like, bro. And, and in those environments, dude, don't ever let people fucking make you lose your voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, be yourself because people out there are fucking pricks. They really are. Tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Before we get away from the circle talk, I just got to ask you, do you, did you watch it like the day it aired every episode? Were you like dedicated viewer because you were on it and you just didn't know how it was going to go? Yeah. Uh, I definitely did. You know, and, and like I said, to me, it was a crapshoot. The reason I was even interested in going on the show was because I had just made my first feature film and it's actually getting ready to come out early next year. And I've been, by the time this film comes out, it will have been 13 years of me working on this nonstop. And it's not that it's this groundbreaking thing. It's always been for me. This was something I did for myself with my writing partner, director, that no one's ever going to give me this opportunity. No one's ever going to, I got to do this myself because this is what I live for. So I put everything in my life on the line to to get this film made after so many years. I come back to L.A. I was uh, newly single out of a, you know, seven, eight year relationship at sort of the lowest point I'd been in. And how everything happens for a reason. That's when the show presented itself. And I was like, well, I really f have nothing to fucking lose at all. So the best that could happen is I go and get free publicity for my movie because I already now I made my film before they would tell me don't ever do reality uh you're gonna get stuck in a box and uh, mind you at this point I'm a struggling actor with no credits doing anything I could but I'm like yeah my career totally so, yeah, yeah. I, I know yeah, exactly so, what you mean <laughs> you know I, I I went to the UK to film the show with no expectations. I broke every single rule during filming, which pr production did not know. I was very smooth operator. Um, Will you elaborate a tiny bit on that? I'm dying to know. Um, an example would be you're supposed to be locked down with a chaperone and not leave. A, like it, No one knows when you land in the UK, you hand over your phone, everything. And when you get into a car, they put a blindfold on you. I'm not exaggerating. Shut up. No, because... And, and that surprised me as well, because they really that's the shit that they should put in the show that they don't show. And I don't understand why that makes that experience so much is they truly do not want you to know where they're putting you because you don't start filming. Like, as you know, there's like a week of stuff you got to do. So, like, they bring 30 people there and about 12 or 13 get on. So they have people in the same vicinities, but in different buildings. So, like, they don't want you to know where you're at. And you're supposed to be like locked down if you go out. It's. Because uh, production gives you permission and they're tracking the chaperone's phones. I was out in clubs. I was partying. <laughs> I was scoring. Uh, at this point, also, I'm almost three years sober recovering addict. Congratulations. I, uh, yes. Yeah. I was getting bottles delivered to the room. I found out I was going in on the show after being on basically a bender and night partying, going crazy and had to act like I was sleeping when production called. Like, I was just like, dude, I get to get out of slinging drinks for a month and go film some shit. I'm not going to win. This is not going to change my life. This is not going to do anything. But 
that was my, my whole thing going into it. But I was like, I'm going to give it 100% because anything I do, I give it 100%. All I hoped was don't let me be first to go home. And I'm crazy competitive. So I'm like, if I make it to the end, that means I'm on the whole show. Winning's out of my out of my hands, but making it to the end, I, I I'm on the whole show. That's winning. So by the time I got to the end, I was like, "Yo, we're fucking Gucci, son!" Like I, I did everything. Let's go to the <laughs> finale. Let's crown the fucking winner, whoever it is. We'll all party and celebrate. When it was me, truly, I could not speak. I didn't. I never saw it coming. Everyone was like, "You played the game the greatest way." I'm like, "Dog, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just." trying to do what I would do in that situation because it's one thing to watch this show, but imagine being pitched that show before you have seen it. You're in a room. It's a reality show. Some people are real. Some people are fake, but you want to find out who the fake people are, but it's about building friendships and not judging a book. I'm like, yo, (laughs) throw me in. I'll figure this shit out. And that's why if you go back and watch the first few episodes, it's like the asshole version of me because I'm like, my only thing I understood is some people are not who they say they are. So I'm like, yo, my job is to find those motherfuckers and get them out. And then they're like, nah, son, it's about you making friends with these people and not judging a book. by. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So when the show came out, I didn't know what to expect. It was just like cool of like, I'm going to be on Netflix. At this point, Netflix did not do reality shows. I didn't know what to really expect. Netflix called me in for a few meetings and they were like, uh, we had to edit you in a certain way because we don't want anyone to see that you're going to be the winner. We don't want anyone to, to see that coming, especially being a season one. And everything that they said was spot on in terms of what they did. People fucking hated me in the beginning hated me so it would be like uh episode one i'd be seen online episode one fuck joey get him the fuck out of here episode eight protect him at all costs i will die for him <laughs> so, like they really gave me an arc in a really cool way and you know i always say to people like uh that goes to show you how editing could do things because i went there giving all sides of my personality and Kristen, you know from knowing me i'm goofy i'm loud but i'm also incredibly serious and have a heart yes you're so sweet and like so just protective and warm and family and yeah but if you don't show that and you're only showing the loud goofy i'm breaking balls dude everyone's like yo fuck this dude get him out of here all but you know it dude it, it was it was super cool everything that they that they said worked and to watch it come out and see it truly catapult and just change everything in my life overnight it was amazing and i felt so blessed because i knew when that opportunity came i was ready for it i had been studying this industry so long i had been ready for any sort of break so when that door opened man i was i was taking full advantage of it in the right ways not the wrong ways and and maneuvering in ways i had been waiting for and i feel like that's why i'm still able to work consistently today and do things because you can get a platform you can get a break. You can get all of these things. And I feel like most people think like if you're especially in front of the camera type of talent, shit just happens. And it's like, no, dude, you are an entrepreneur. Your name is your business. You have to fucking grind. You have to still go through 10,000 no's just to get to that one yes. And, you know, that's the business we're in. But I love it. I can't do anything else. There's nothing else for me to do in this world. Let's talk about my new fave thing. I absolutely adore Olive and June. They're all about making your nails look fabulous and having fun doing it. Olive and June is the ultimate destination for the cutest, trendiest, and most easy to use nail products out there. And did you know that they offer the Manny system? A complete all-in-one kit 
that brings the nail salon experience right to your doorstep. It's literally like having a nail artist right in your home. The Manny system comes with everything you need to achieve a flawless manicure, including their iconic poppy handle, which makes it super easy to paint your nails like a pro. And if you're not sure where to start or need some inspiration, their website and especially their social media are full of cute nail art ideas and tutorials. My favorite part about Olive and June is their celebration of self-care and making time for yourself and the fact that each manicure breaks down to just two bucks. Visit oliveandjune.com slash Doty for 20% off your first Olive and June system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash D-O-U-T-E for 20% off your first Olive and June system. Can't wait to see your photos. Kitsch has created game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts swear by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care does not stop in the shower. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices. Started in 2010 by selling hair ties door-to-door, literally just a hustle and a dream. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Gotta love a small business making dreams come true. Plus, right now, for a limited time, you can live the Barbie dream life with the Barbie by Kitsch collection, featuring Kitsch's best-selling satin pillowcases and iconic Barbie pink. I mean, listen, we all saw Barbie, and it was incredible and life-changing. I knew I needed to get the Kitsch Barbie pink satin pillowcases as soon as I saw that it was an option. And the heatless curling set? magical. I have never seen my hair look so flawlessly wavy without using a heated curler. Right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash Dodie. That's right. 30, 30, 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, K-I-T-S-C-H.com slash Dodie. One more time, mykitsch.com slash Dodie for 30% off your order. Luke doesn't know this, but I think for the, for your fans and like for our listeners and fans of you in the show, what I really love is that your mom and brother ended up on the circle. No, 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 no. That's Mitchell. Mitchell. Oh, it was? I thought no, it was your no, mom and so brother. Mitchell, everyone thinks we're family because we're literally like the same people. Yes. So you, season yeah. one, Tammy and Ed were a mother and son yes. who were on my season. And then season two was uh, their brother, Mitchell. I swear to God. But yo, I get it because we're Italian, East Coast. Yes, everyone you got, and we basically <laughs> so are. So that was family. my bad. Yeah. I was, th- I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, his mom and brother were on it. But Dude, you guys so sound funny. the same. I'll, I'll go out in public and p- I'll be with Mitchell and people either think me and Mitchell are brothers or that it was my mom and not his mom. Everyone gets <laughs> yeah. it confused. It's one of those things that it makes complete sense. <laughs> I sound like a dick now. Well, we cleared that up, guys. If anyone else thought the same thing. <laughs> um, so something that I didn't know is about this show called Match Me If You Can that you did. What was that like? Because you've done now how many shows? Technically, like four shows plus like some digital um, like hosting and stuff. If it's all those things included, I want to say somewhere between four to seven things. Okay. Yeah. Because you did obviously. We'll just get this out of the way because you were on Perfect Match. You mm-hmm. got engaged. You were public about you know you've you've done you've talked the talk. You've had the interviews. Everybody knows you guys parted ways. Yeah. Um. You do have a girl now. Yes. And what I do love is that you've. And I'm curious about this, but you've told me like you like to keep that relationship more private from the public because it's something just for you. Yeah. And when you and I did the goat together, 
I thought it was just so adorable because with at the goat, I'll just tell you guys one little thing. Like we too were not allowed to have our phones and that was something very new for me, but we were allowed to have them like late at night and first thing early in the morning. And, um, when we were on the goat together, you just talked about your girl the whole time. You're like, you know, I, I love, I love being here. This is so much fun, but man, I can't wait to get home to my girl. And it just like melted my heart into a million pieces. What a romantic you are as such as like, uh, like back to the judging thing, like this tough, like New York dude, but you're just like such a family man. You like love your girl. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing that people, um, need to kind of know more about and, and not that. And I think that it is also really beautiful that you are protecting your relationship. Well, thank you. And I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, honestly, anyone who, who really knows me will tell you I'm the biggest sap in the world. I cry over everything. I watch a fucking commercial. I cry in every movie. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it, it, especially when when you find someone who uh, who accepts you and loves you truly the so cliche, but like for all of your flaws as well as your your good things. And, you know, even going back to to just perfect match, it's 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 sort of bittersweet because it's not to me that show is not about what my relationship was or anything like that. It was, you know, Netflix called all of their people, you know, who were single and, you know, their most popular and said, let's come make this really fun show and that's how we all went at it like it was like this is such a fun opportunity for i mean like everyone called me the godfather of the house because when you <laughs> see someone new come in how nuts up because i'm like friends with all of these people i know mostly all of them before we film so like because oh, they were all it's, network, right? Because it, yeah, it was all people like, from your network. Interesting. I don't watch all these shows when they come out necessarily, but I'll be at the Netflix events and I meet the people, which is better for me because I'm meeting the person. I'm not judging the edit or the show that they were on. And it's it's really unfortunate because the show was just as big as The Circle in terms of numbers, I believe. If not one, it was both The Circle and Perfect Match were number one and number two globally, which is insane. Um, but there was such fallout from cast and such drama and back and forth and, and just, just a lot of shit that just for me makes me very uncomfortable because I am a person that's like, Kristen, if I got an issue with you, I'm going to fucking call you. And if shit happened on camera, if it happened on camera, okay, that we have to air it on camera. That's what we sign up for. But when a show is done, a show comes out and you got people blasting people on podcasts, on their Instagram. There's personal shit coming out that the audience doesn't need to know about. It's a lot. And and everyone's different. We, I know we sign up for this, but it was so much for me to just go on that show and open myself in terms of dating because I am, I'm that dude that's like, yeah, I'm in this business. I want to make a living doing what I love, but I've always been extremely private. I never imagined I was going to be where I'm at today. And especially knowing I have so many traumas I've had to overcome in my personal life by, you know, addressing them head on. And and that's not for the world unless I decide it's for the world, you know, to be like, I'm going to put this side of my life out there. It, it was just really unfortunate that all of us couldn't really enjoy the success of the show because there was such fallout. And that's why I don't speak about it as much as I do the circle, because the circle, we're truly all still friends. We we all shared in this experience together. It could have been and should have been that way with Perfect Match. It just did not go that way. And it's it's unfortunate. And the audience loves the drama. They feed into it. But 
you know, when you're talking about the world we live in today, it's it's extremely worrisome when people can commit suicide, people can take their lives, people can be struggling with mental health. And when you're hearing people from around the world going at you, shitting on you as a person and telling you, you know, go fucking kill yourself. You're this, you're that because of a relationship not working. You have me in tears right now. I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's insane. Like it is it is literally insane how serious some people will take it and just judge your character off of things. And, you know, I'm never I don't like to be the guy that's like, oh, my they fucked me on the edit. They've done this. They've done that. But truly, like there was things that were positioned in certain ways in the show that were true and other things that sort of made me look like, again, like the the douchebag and it took on a different connotation when it's now under dating and then you're opening up TikTok and you're seeing people go, this man's a gaslighting, narcissistic abuser, all of these. And I'm sitting here having all these buzzwords thrown at me and I'm like, I want to say so much and do so much. But also this show was filmed over a year before it came out. No one has talked about that. Um, I also am a professional who believes I sign up for something and I open myself for these things, so I'm not trying to get press or clicks based off of rebuttaling this shit. So, like, that whole experience, man, it was really a lot for me. I held my breath and just shut my mouth, which was really hard. And I, it just I, it sort <laughs> of just felt like waiting for impending doom. And then to answer, that's why I did The Goat. When that phone call came in, I wasn't looking to go do another show like that, to tell you the truth. Like, I, I had sort of been like, yo, no more competition. Like, I've done right. this now. Like, You had, like, a really great experience to a completely opposite experience. And it was like, oh, man, do I need to again? You, you already had a platform, right, at this point. So yeah. It, like, don't get me wrong. I want to I wanna work. I just want to be smart about the things that I do. And I had felt like during that time, I just I wasn't able to enjoy the ride to, you know, the producer who we know who did the show, who's a fucking great human when he called me up i was like you know what dude tell you the truth this is not what i want to do right now but fuck it let's go have a good time this just sounds like fun i kind of need this right now especially after how these last few months have been for me and again for anyone listening to this i'm not trying to sit here and shit on perfect match or shit on that experience it was amazing that netflix kept me in mind and has been loyal to me like i've been loyal to them it's just hard for people to understand how the audience can truly have such an impact on people's lives in a way that I don't think they understand. Like, I, I don't think people look at people as people. And, and just to relate it back to what your show with, you know, Tom mm -hmm. and Raquel and Ariana, all that shit. Like, look, at, I yeah. get it, man. Dude fucked up. I think everyone has grown and made money from it, which it's been. Oh, yeah. But, you know, to the to the point to where it becomes such a thing to prop people up and shit on other people. I get it. People are assholes. They can break hearts. They can fuck with people's lives and their real lives. But when you're amplifying that on such a level, like to me, it's just like I've struggled with mental health. I'm, I'm an addict in recovery. I don't know if these people do, but if the odds are they do from mm -hmm. being on some of these shows, what happens if it goes too far and someone takes their life? Do, is it do people walk back the things that they've said about them in that situation or do they still feel justified? I mean, these are the the, the fucked up what ifs of the world we live in today with this.
No, you couldn't be more right. I've been there for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand that, or I guess people that want the fame or whatever, don't understand that 50% of the fame is going to be hate that you have to deal with. And that's a side most people don't think. They think your life is just so awesome and amazing and all these things. And they look for a way to try to bring you down a peg. Yeah, it to me, it's something that's unfortunate because I'm like, yo, I, I know we all know what we sign up for. Like you and these companies make sure that, you know, and I, that's why, again, I want to say that it's not like any experience I've been in. I was like, oh, I never saw this coming. I knew exactly what I signed up for. Totally. And I would also say as the person who's used to being the audience member my entire life, every single one of us, including us on this call, have sat on the couch and watched the show and said, fuck that person. Yep. I love him. Fuck her. This we've all that's the fun of these shows. I get it. We know that when we're making it. However, it goes an extra mile when you are going out of your way to seek people out and tell them, fuck you. Correct. I can't stand you. You're ugly. You're fat. You're stupid. You're this. You're that. Or just making troll accounts just to throw real person. I mean, people really do get a kick in today's world out of seeing a person up here and saying, I can make you fall and I can make you crumble. And that to me is so sickening. Like there are truly bad people, like truly bad people that exist in this world who do terrible things to people that go against the law, that go below the belt to, to sit here and to attack so many just normal people who are in a, a line of entertainment for you to me, it's just it, it's really upsetting. And I, I really hope there is something that changes with that, because I think there is going to come a time where things go too far and and there's going to have to be a, a real fallout that requires change. But I, I think it's sad if we have to wait for that time to come for that to happen. I totally agree with you. And I and I want to tap tag on to like what you were saying about like, you know, yeah, when I'm sitting here at home and like, I got, you know, I like try to get Luke to watch like The Bachelor with me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to have opinions in my own home with Luke, but I'm not, you know, I'm basically talking into a vacuum. This is private in my own home where we're making these little judgments because it's the, it's, it's the part of the experience of watching TV like that. Yep. But I do not ever, and this before I was on reality TV, but especially because I'm on reality TV, would I ever in a million years even if like meeting that person in real life or going online, I would number one, I would never troll their account or say anything negative, but also like when you meet someone, you have to understand that like what you see on TV is a one dimensional human being. Yep. You don't know about their past. You don't. And I think maybe Joey, it's because also as an actor and as a writer, I think you understand, like, you have to create characters. Yep. And for those of you that don't know, like, I acted as well, but, like, Joey knows. When you're given a character on a piece of paper, it's like, Joey, age, are you 30 now or are you still 29, youngin'? I'll be 30 in December. Oh, my God, you are so young. I love you. But it'll be like, Joey, 30, from New York, uh, dating so-and-so, like, that's it. But as an actor, your responsibility is now to create a past for this person, you know, like, where did they yep. come from? Do they have divorced parents? Do they have traumas? Everything. You need to know their entire life. Right. And so that's part of creating a character as an actor. But when you're on reality TV, remember that every person that you're watching, they also have pasts and they have traumas and they yep. have things that you have no idea what they've gone through. Cause all you're seeing is what they're supposed to be doing to entertain you on television. And also it doesn't matter who, 
they actually are as a person, no matter what, because this is just storytelling in general. Every person is a type that needs to check a box of this type of personality, this type of character. So even if you're like, again, the why the circle sort of worked for me is I was at first put into dumb Jersey Shore, Guido <laughs> knockoff fucking guy, which again, that's my type on paper. And that's why people have the opinions they did until they're like, oh, wait, yeah, he kind of, he is those things, but he's not. And he's more than that. And I think people need to remember that as well going into into shows of like yo someone could have put their entire heart on the line for the show you're watching and showed a side of them that's completely vulnerable and you'll never see the footage because it goes against the storyline of what the show is unfolding as like and i don't think people ever think of shit like that no i could not fucking agree with you more okay so now i want to switch gears as andy cohen likes to say (laughs) switch gears a little bit and just to talk about you so you grew up in rochester new york you're 29 years young and hearing already, uh, like, cause I wanted to talk about, like, I, as, as I've said, you're private about your current relationship and we totally respect that. But even just hearing like you were in a seven to eight year relationship, I don't even know how long ago is so wild to me at your young age, because you remind me a lot of Luke because you guys both have, Luke's only 32. You guys are so my little young. Dude, impression. I feel old as fuck, which is weird to still hear I'm young. Cause I'm like 30s <laughs> fucking with me like that. I never, I, I never <laughs> care about getting older, but like 30s definitely fucking with me a little bit. Like that's like. Something needs to change. I'm going to be fucking 30. Like, what the hell? Joey, That's fuck so you. Weird. I'm 40, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am 40. But you just, you have such an old soul and such a maturity about you. And I think I'm personally going to attest that to, like, the way that you were raised. Um, because clearly you've been very outward and about, like, your sobriety and, like, your past addictions and all of that, which I think is so great. But when you were younger, before the girl that you're with now, so let's say screw the shows and everything else, were you typically a serial monogamist or did, did you like to kind of single and mingle? Were you just like, I want to be single and I like to date a lot? Or were you, were you the guy like since high school that always like had a girlfriend? So this is funny. I, this is where I'm, I'm so slow with so many things. Monogamy is what? One person, right? Like you're just with one person. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, no, to be honest, I got around. Like <laughs> I was always a very sexual person. I've always believed that's incredibly normal, but I also like, I was never a normal kid, like most kids. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, most little kids want to play with toys and, you know, collect Pokemon. I was studying John Carpenter and Wes Craven and was in love with Pamela Anderson and needed Playboy. Like, as a child, like, this was. How I was and my parents always allowed me to be myself while guiding me. Like I was the only kid allowed to watch any R-rated movies I want. And all and I love them so much for that because when you're a kid, your imagination is so vivid and wild. And I feel like as an adult today, that's why I'm still able to be in a field of creativity because I was allowed to hone that in as a young man. But you know, my mother always knew from the time that I was a young kid that I was going to be very much into women and and having fun, let's say. And it was always, you can do all of those things, but you're going to be a gentleman. You're going to be a gentleman and you are going to treat people with respect. So I think as a, you know, confused teenager, like we all are at at that age, like, you know, you get your heart broken. There are the people you feel like you want to be with, that you're in love with. But for me, I always wanted to like hook up and have fun and sort of, you know, 
live that that side of myself and and relationships to me have always been a little weird in the sense that I was raised with my mother and father who are together since they've been kids. And if anything's ever gone wrong in their relationship, I I've never known neither of my pe- my siblings. They're the true testament of a beautiful relationship. So, me and my sisters always sort of had the thing of the first person that we fall in love with and date is the person we're meant to be with. So, I never wanted a, a girlfriend or a relationship because I'm like, that's sacred. That's for my forever person. And, you know, I can I can date. I can date and talk and have fun and respect someone that I'm with. And whatever we do during that time is completely private and just for us and no one else. But I sort of kept those titles really secure. And even with my ex I was with for a long time afterwards, I sort of was really afraid to date someone and call them my girlfriend. Like that meant so much, like something that's so simple for some people was truly so fucking hard for me to be like, no, like I'm going to make this official. And like, we're actually together. And like, you're my girlfriend, I'm your boyfriend, like that just made me cringe and also was like, so difficult. So it it could have been very hard for people who have dated me, because I could seem like such a mindfuck of like, I want to get super close, and I want to give everything. And I'm all these things that seem perfect. But then I fucking basically ghost. And, Mm. and, and, and I'm like, terrified and so afraid of of getting close because i'm not in tune with my own emotions and plus there's a ton of traumas that i've been through that i don't make public that i had to address and fucking deal with in therapy and you take all of that plus at for a long time hiding a drug and alcohol addiction you put all that shit together and you're getting a person who's very fucked up that needs a lot of help and that's where i was at for a very long time Something that Luke and I have in common is our competitive nature and definitely our love for sports. So sports betting with DraftKings just adds to the fun. I agree, baby. Step into a world of nonstop action with DraftKings Casino. Play the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots. Plus, enjoy exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Right now, new customers get a deposit match of up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. All you have to do is sign up, select the offer, make your deposit, and start playing from a full suite of games. Your way is the only way to play on DraftKings Casino. Play online on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Download the DraftKings Casino app now. Sign up with promo code DOTY, and new customers get a deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code DOTY. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only void in Ontario one per opted in new customer minimum $5 deposit max match $100 in casino credits, which require one time playthrough within seven days. See terms at casino.com draftkings.com slash players choice restrictions apply. 
Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. What flavors do you like? What kitchen appliances do you use? They'll keep your needs top of mind and start building your cart. Hungry Root will recommend groceries based on your tastes. You can take their suggestions or you can choose anything you want. You'll get your pick of fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and much more. Honestly, I can't choose my favorite dish. It's either the sesame ginger tofu and crispy Brussels bowl, or it could be the coconut curry rice bowl. They're both incredible and I love that they have so many different options for every dietary need. Spend less time shopping and cooking and more time enjoying healthy food you'll actually love with Hungry Root. Right now, Hungry Root is offering our listeners 30% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Kristen to get 30% off of your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Kristen. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. I want to hear Luke's thoughts about the the ghosting and all of that. Like, well, just when Joey was talking about, like, it's always been a sexual person. You guys can't see our faces right now. But every time, like, Luke's, like, eyes would light up. Like, oh, I get you. I feel you. <laughs> I just felt like you really understood where he was coming from, like, as a younger I, guy. I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get and wanting to be, like, you, you get made out to be the villain a lot. I've been in a similar place as far as what you're talking about, wanting to get close to somebody, not wanting to put a title on it, wanting to be just real yourself and genuine and really get to that point. And then when they want to take the step, you freak out. Yeah. Right. And it's like not going to take that step. So I 100% agree. And I've totally been the bad guy like you have in those times. That's like, we're so close. What's wrong? Why, you know, what did I do? And it's like, you didn't do anything. This is me. My own brain's messed up. Right. That's what's keeping it from happening. Well, especially in today's world again the thing that bothers me with that is is things are so much more amplified like i always say talk to any girlfriend you have for the most part all of them are going to tell you every single one of their ex-boyfriends are narcissistic gaslighting abusers this that every other thing and i'm like yo again save that for people that it truly applies to because at the end of the day dating is fucking hard no matter what type of person you are, no matter what your background is, it really is difficult. And I think people really do their best. I really do. I don't think people purposely go out of their way to try to fucking destroy someone. I just, I don't think people are that evil. I think there are evil fucking people. That's why we should save these things for for those people. But for the most part, it's extremely difficult especially in today's world because again if like let's just say for example you're dating someone you're you're all in you fucking feel everything and this is fucking great but then all of a sudden you're starting to see things within them that don't make you feel as good as you did before because of maybe backgrounds or personal preferences and outlooks and now you start pulling away where i'm speaking just for myself i'm the guy who has always wanted to be no i'm going to make everything good. Everything's fine, but I'm not going to speak on, on these things. And then you end a relationship and everyone, and they're like, yo, fuck you. You're terrible. You gaslit me. You made, you love bombed me. You did this. It's like (laughs) buzzwords, buzzwords. Yeah. I I felt all of these things. And then I didn't, we're people, we're allowed to, to change our feelings. So like, especially knowing that I've had the, the traumas that I have and the things that have been really hard for me in my personal life, and knowing that my career is in the public eye, it's made me even 
more terrified of being public with anything of my of my personal life because yo i'm still trying to figure shit out i remember going through that relationship ending before i had the career that i have now and i had to erase all my social media i had no basically no followers but every person who i knew from back home what happened what's this what's that people weighing in i saw your ex at this place i'm like son i don't need that like my career is my career and my personal life is my personal life social media all that shit has to do with my career i like to try to keep that for professional so if my personal life is in shambles you should never fucking know it's nobody's business and that can be very difficult especially when it comes to dating because i have made no apologies when i have sat down with people not to be a fucking dickhead but to say these are the things i'm okay with and these are the things i'm not okay with i am not I'm not gonna post you I'm not going to post our our relationship. I'm not going to compromise my career, the things that I have to do for me. And that could be things that I totally understand seem so foreign to you, seem so this makes no sense. I don't understand. I understand you might not get that. This is my line of work. This is my dream. I've sacrificed everything to get here. I will walk you through it. I will be so emotionally available for you. But if it comes down to ultimatums, I'm not playing that game. Like I've had to really figure out myself and be firm with things to where, again, I feel like you could be coming off as an asshole, but I'd rather be have someone look at me and say, totally respect you, totally respect that. That doesn't work for me. And I'm like, okay, get that. Totally cool. Let's, let's have love and respect for each other. Cause like, yo, I've had so many people I've date, like quote unquote dated, you know, had relationships with, whether it be, you know, sexually that, they were never going to be my wife, my person, mm-hmm. but I love them as people and we're still friends and I would be there. Like not every person is the person for you. Like, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. I really, I was like kind of taking notes while you were talking, like some things that really stood out to me, but I like when you said something, cause I'm like definitely the girl pre Luke, of course, but like who every guy that I've ever met, I'm, I'm going to marry him. Like I love hard, I fall fast because of the idea of, of what it could be, um, especially being younger. But I like how you, I mean, you, cause you're, you're very like your emotional, your EQ, your emotional IQ is like extremely high and being able to set your boundaries for yourself and with your relationship, your current relationship, and also be so communicative about something like, you know, as an example, like your Instagram, right? It's. I follow you. Of course, I love you to pieces. And your Instagram is very much like your business. It's you. It's it's about you and you don't feel the need. And it doesn't mean that you're not in love with your girlfriend and it doesn't mean anything else. Like people are put a lot of meaning into what they see. And what you're saying is it doesn't mean anything. You got like you fans could be the ones making up this meaning. And as long as you and your partner have that communication and she understands those boundaries, it's not like you aren't proud of your relationship. It's just, that's not what your social media is for. Well, and also like, of course it's, it could be extremely hard for another person because it feels like you're taking something away from them Mm -hmm. as someone could want to do that. But I just have been in that place where I've been in an unhappy relationship where I'm miserable and I feel like I'm in a deep dark hole that gets deeper, but to the outside public, you're the fucking definition of happiness and love and (laughs) all of these things. And, you know, I was raised by my parents with the mentality of like, there is a time and a place for everything. And I think that's 
really true, but maybe my views on that someday with marriage or a family would change. But I still just feel like I don't want to include people in that because there's also a lot of weird fucking people out there. Like, let's like, let's just be honest. If you have a couple hundred thousand people following you, like that's legitimately a couple hundred thousand people, like within (laughs) those people, there's going to be some with a fucking screw loose in terms of anything. Like, so I, I just feel like you have to, you have to toe the line with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think that I, I try to be as, as upfront as I'm comfortable with of putting things out there of insecurities, problems in my life to overcome. I don't feel like all of those things need to be made for public consumption. And that's why I don't ever try to say, and I'm saying this because I've dealt with this in the past of people saying to me, you're so full of shit. You put out this image, you know, that whole thing, you put out this image, you're so happy. You're Mr. Family man. You're so happy. It's all bullshit. You're such, and I'm like, dog, I have never fucking claimed to be perfect or or a good i'm i don't know how many more ways i could say flawed as fuck (laughs) i love that i'm i'm too flawed as fuck like in therapy like in therapy for a long fucking time i had been suicidal at at stages in my life like i never try to claim anything i will always say i do my best to be the happiest i can be every day and treat people like fucking gold regardless if i'm good or bad and within that there have been people I have hurt when I haven't wanted to or meant to. And when I have done those things, it truly haunts me. Like I would never do anything to hurt anyone. So like, I feel like all I can ever do and say is I'm a work in progress and I try to take stock of the things I do right and the things I do wrong. So I can try to be better tomorrow. And I I truly believe that like sobriety has really helped me with the whole like cliche one day at a time thing. Like, Yo, I can't say I'm going to not drink tomorrow, but I can say for sure I'm not going to fucking drink today. I can say for sure I'm not going to do, I'm not going to use today. And sometimes it's taking it 10 minutes at a time and 20 minutes at a time. Like it, it's to me things you have to do to rewire your brain a little bit to, to try to operate better, especially if you're seeing things you're doing that's affecting people you care about when you're not meaning to do that to them you know Ugh, story of my life i swear to god you're my soul sister joey there <laughs> <you> are. <laughs> that's funny um okay now i want to talk about something else yes which um again this is i want to just let everyone know that we're going to speak sort of more generally on this topic or rather and luke and i are always like spilling all of our shit but um when i first asked you a bit ago to do this podcast, right? We've been trying to make this happen. We've been busy peeps. What we talked about was I thought really fucking incredible and something that Luke and I definitely have like tried to dive into a little bit on this podcast, but you already said like, obviously you're a very sexual person. I'm a very sexual person. Luke's a very sexual person. And I thought it was really interesting when we were, you and I were texting that you were like, you know, in terms of wants and desires, like sexually and sexual appetites that you feel like the only time you hear people on podcasts talk about these things are like porn stars, right? Like real people don't. And I, and Luke and I always know and respect that, like, we're the ones with the microphone. We're the ones that chose to do a podcast about sex. Therefore we don't expect everyone to be, you know, giving us all of their personal history and information. Mm -hmm. But I liked that you said how many people actually communicate to their own partner 
mm-hmm. about their sexual desires and fantasies. We're not telling you to jump on a mic, everybody. We're not saying you need to, you know, explode onto social media, your personal secrets and all of that. But I do think it's really interesting because I've said before on our podcast that I don't think I was even really capable of that, even as a very sexually driven person until I was like in my thirties. Like there were a lot of things I thought I would be judged on and like I was embarrassed Mm -hmm. to talk about. I didn't know if that was like quote unquote normal to explore because I saw it in porn or a girlfriend told me about it. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people like my, my mantra has always been, if you can't talk about sex and I mean with your person, then you shouldn't be having it. I, I love that. And and I think that it's dude, it opens up a conversation that's become so incredibly complex and, and complicated. Like I, I read an article, I want to say like maybe a month ago that stuck with me. I think it was an Esquire. It was one of those big publications and the reporter interviewed four or five escorts, female escorts, and about the people that she they see regularly, you know, married men, all of these people, and, and sort of the reasons why someone would go to an escort. And, Ooh, you know, you, tell. you get so many different things of like the person who's just like a, a, a cheater or the person who has crazy kinks that they want, but they won't ask their wife for. Or like, I remember there was one guy for some reason that really stuck with me that he was like, I give everything to my wife and to my family. I'm a great husband. I'm a great father. My wife wanted to move or no, she didn't want to move. She wanted to stay in this place for our kids when I could have made more money. I didn't say anything. I do everything for my family. This is for me. And there are so many things that like, and again, obviously his wife does not know he's going to an escort. (laughs) But I, I just think that between things like that, and I've dated so many people and I've talked with so many people intimately in my life with with being single i find people very fascinating i always have it and that's the writer in me of looking at a person and knowing that there's more than meets the eye and wanting to get to the core of that to see who someone really is not who they show the world i just really think that so many people are afraid of speaking out and up on things for so many different things and you know i i could say for myself in my last relationship, that was me. I was not sexually satisfied. We did not have a good sex life. And that was not putting that on my partner. There was, I mean, there's so many reasons for that in, in a relationship, but I'm just saying for, for myself, I was completely not satisfied. I will also say I have cheated in the past. Not proud of that. And I've lied about that because again, people know they, people do not me. I'm cause I'm the most loyal motherfucker in the world, which is true. But guess what? I am flawed. I have cheated. I have done things that I regret for many different reasons. And I've also been cheated on. And I know how fucking terrible that feels. So I just feel like with all of these things, it leads me to to so much of, of, a, of a different approach to a conversation. Like we had talked about when we jumped on here earlier, uh, I told you I don't date. Like I, I really, I don't. Not just because I'm with someone right now, even if I wasn't, I'm not the type that was like, if we were both single and I meet you and I'm like, like, Hey, like, can I take you out sometime? That's just to me is so fucking weird. Like even after, (laughs) I I don't know what it is. Like even after my, my long relationship ended, I went on one date with a girl who's a regular at my bar on salsa night. And I'm not exaggerating. We had a dinner at like 8 PM. I called my mom starting at nine 30 in the morning and I was so fucking nervous. What do I wear? What do I, I hadn't been on a date in fucking years. I I had 35 different outfits. This point I was drinking and doing substances. So I showed up to that date fucked up because I was so so nervous. Like, I yeah, I don't know what it is. I just 
I feel like even when I look at all of my relationship history, it, it's always been from things starting incredibly organically as friends or as a, a, a connection with someone on a human level, more so than putting an expectation of dating on something. So like I would say if I was on a date with someone, I would approach it as in let's not act like this is date number one. Let's act like this is date number 15. Oh, I like that. Everyone's going to fucking tell you how great they are, how good shit is, how they're the best. Everything's looking up, every, all that shit. My thing is, yo, like, fuck that. Give me the nitty gritty of the sh- What am I getting in for here? Like, who are yeah. you? Yeah, like, let's not waste time. Yeah. What are you What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? What are you looking for? What are you, like, people really do, and I get it because part of it's human nature, but they show you who they who they want you to see. But when I ask people questions like that, to me, it tells me just as much about them, no matter what they say. It tells me how they respond. Because mm. if someone's willing to open up to you and put a guard down and, and show you a sign of vulnerability, to me, that's something that goes a long way with me because I will be very open. I will... I'm not, again, I think it's getting older. I'm not afraid to hold things in like I once was. So I just feel like so often you have people date, get into relationships with someone. And I think it could be really unfair because people could fall for people under pretenses of only seeing a version of that person or a side of them. And then when all of it comes out, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm not really happy, but I feel stuck. Because I've given this person my word that I'm with them, I'm here a hundred percent, all of these things. But then it's like, yo, you also kept a lot from me that I was unaware of, and these are things that aren't. And it's not even that it's not working for you. It's normal that those things are going to throw you off because totally. that's not the person that you have gotten to know. And other people will take that as again, you're a liar, you're living a double life, you're dead. People need to realize we are complicated. We are human. There, there is not, we're an onion. There is fucking layers. So to me, it's that approach of being, you know, taking your time with people and really trying to get to the core because I get stimulated from conversing with someone just as much as I'm going to get stimulated being sexual with someone. I and- could not agree more. I remember just really quickly, like going into the goat and talking to uh, our producers ahead of time. And I was so excited because, well, I was nervous because I had no idea who was going to be on it. And I don't really watch a lot of reality TV, all of that. But my biggest thing was, I know that we're here for a, sh- a shorter time, you know, than I'm used to when I'm filming, when I used to film Vanderpump Rules, but I'm like, I don't do small talk. Yeah. Like, I do want to know where you're from, but I also want to know about like your family and I want to like really know, know you. I don't want to talk about like, oh, so you're from New York. Yeah. It's been raining there a lot lately. Like what a fucking boring ass conversation. Yeah. Like just, let's just find out if we vibe because on a human connection or a human like level, like I know I'm going to find a way to connect. And really it's why Luke and I started this podcast because I find the psychological factor behind how men think, how women think, and how just humans think and what they really think. I just, I think if everyone did that and gave people that chance, you would find out that you're far more connected to people that you think that you wouldn't be, you know? And, and I think, you know, to piggyback on what you said, like my thing is I genuinely will, I love people and I always find a connection with someone unless someone is really a fucking prick. Like, yep. <laughs> I am really, like, I am really the guy 
who can get along with anybody and see the type of friend I need to be for somebody because everyone is different unless someone is really just not a nice person or, or is extremely closed off. And even with that, you need to realize sometimes people could be like that and can seem rude because they have shit they're going through they haven't dealt with. It's not necessary that they're just born a fucking an asshole because I there are people who know me my entire life who could tell you if you met me four or five years ago, depending on the day, you might have hated the person that you met or might not have get, been able to get a word out of me because I was severely depressed and could not see literally the light that's in front of me because of what's going on in here. So when it comes to dating, especially, I think that there is something of exploring each other's minds and possibilities that should be such a it should be something that people do and people don't. And I think we also have to keep in mind, we've lived in L.A. for a lot of years. People forget. We forget. We live in a bubble of people who are usually after the same type of thing, same type of work, something that we've always wanted that's become so normal, which like Luke, like you're in L.A. It's like you're not there full time, but like you could see how fucking weird it is. Imagine that for years and years like it really becomes your normal and even when you hate it when you leave you miss it so i try to relay back to yeah i'm in rochester right now i'm a kid from rochester new york most of my friends or people i went to high school with married right out of high school or early into college with the people that they were dating and you know that's the traditional way a lot of people live and, you know, it's those reasons why I left, because most people here, I've always looked at it in a negative way of like, you marry the first girl that'll fuck you. That's your life. And guess what? You're going to go to the bar with your friends and fucking drink on the weekend and not take care of yourself and let yourself go. And if one girl looks at you and gives you the time of day, you will risk everything to go and explore that with if your wife is staying loyal to you or if she's not like it's just it's these small town things of how people live that. I feel like needs to be put into the conversation of dating because I feel like, again, I'll see clips of people talking about how to better a relationship, how to speak to a partner. And I'm also like, yeah, you are saying the right fucking thing. Go talk to a person in blue collar America about how they can do these things because they don't operate from the political correctness of conversing like people want to say everyone does today. It's just not the way that it is. No, not at all. You know, that's the political correctness is really for the public guy and you're in private, you know, you're in a tight group. You don't have to, everything doesn't have to be PC. And it may be, you know, Oh, taboo that I even said that when you're in a tight group of good friends, you should be able to be truly yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're put, doing something to put yourself in the public eye, that's when PC should come into play. You should, life shouldn't revolve around what people think you should and shouldn't be able to say. I, I'll always say it with screenwriting, just to get nerdy for a second of when you're writing, one of the biggest things that they tell you is your characters have to be likable, quote unquote, likable. Right. And that is the most bullshit thing. Cause they're like, we want to, we have to want to root for you. We have to want to follow you to me. Interesting is the word I go with, but I bring that up because like you said about being with your friends and in, in private, I can sit in theory, we could sit and watch a movie with all of us and a couple of friends and watch a character who's saying certain things, whether it be about his sex life, you know, women, this and that. And you could sit there and see someone say something that you have said yourself, or you have looked at yourself with friends laughing, but at the same point, you're like, yo, fuck this guy. I don't like him. I don't want to, I don't want to follow this, this dude's story, which to me is incredibly interesting for just 
us as people of do people not recognize their similarities in characters or in, in moments like that do you feel pressure to have to speak up and act like you're not like that because you know you are do you know what i'm saying that's where oh, again totally. like the film medium speaks to me and is is so interesting oh wait so can we have a quick conversation about this because so this is really interesting. I just like grabbed Luke's le- like leg under the table. So we haven't mentioned this on the podcast really yet, right? About the movie. Oh, no. So just you chime in because it's kind of something you've brought me into. But we had this conversation. Um, Luke is... Do you mean go take ahead. it? You okay. take it. And then I just want to talk about the thing I said about the villain the other day and hear Joey's POV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a uh, really close friend of mine... Uh, one of my best friends that actually got married to one of Kristen's best friends when we met and this whole thing started. That's how um, we met like at this wedding. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> anyway, he and his uh, dad have like 70 acres right next to my ranch in Colorado. And to, collectively with our group of friends, we've got a couple hundred acres there and it's really just cool terrain. We want to shoot this like Western style horror psych thriller out there. I don't know how, I mean, I could, it's going to take me 30 minutes to go through yeah, the plot. We'll tell you stuff, about so, it. Like, I mean, like, we'll tell you like the well, plot of everything another time, but it's something that Luke's been really excited about. And I'm like, damn, you're like a way better, like writer producer than you have ever known because you've never been in this industry yeah, in LA. So I've never been in this world and Greg and I would just, I mean, we just chop it up about, you know, these ideas and everything. And I can pretty well describe what I'm seeing in my mind, like what, uh, you know, opening scene is how that transitions, how the flow of a character goes to get, you know, to the climax and then how it finishes, you know, happy ending or whatever. Anyway. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's just weird that being out here in this world, I'm like, uh, he's, he's taken all my ideas. He's been in some film festivals. He's similar to you, like write, he'll direct, produce. He's acted as well. Like he's done this stuff and I don't know. It's just, Um, cause when we were, I just wanted you to explain like where the movie was stemming from, because I'm not the one, you know, they just luckily decided to involve me, but we were on the phone the other day with them about it. And we were discussing the quote unquote villain of the movie. Right. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Cause you kind of just said something opposite to how I feel where I do think that every villain has to be likable, but by likable, I mean, relatable. Mm-hmm. So it's someone like I compare it to like the Joker, right? The Joker is supposed to be the villain, but why do you give a shit about the villain if he if you can't relate to him? And the reason you still sort of root for the Joker, like you don't hate him, mm-hmm. even though he's crazy. And now, you know, maybe there's like mental health things being thrown around as far as like the last Joker movie. But he's just like this horrific, like murderous person. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's because he has really strong like mental health issues right so therefore you feel for the villain if you can never in my opinion you if you never feel for the villain then what does the villain villain fucking matter if you don't feel for every character in some way if you, if you don't relate to them in some way you don't have to like like them but they have to have something about them that humanizes them no for for sure i, I, I think it's twofold because i think going to from what i was saying to what you were saying talking about the villain to me is different because villains usually aren't the lead character. Usually their job is to be villain where I'm going off of lead character. Very rarely today. Do you see a leading character in film that is truly flawed? Interesting. Again, do does things that would be quote unquote, not likable where to me, that's why you have so many things that are completely watered down and uninteresting because so much time is being spent 
to make sure that every character is quote unquote likable. And I feel like there is a wall that goes up to where I feel like people are completely blind to the world that we live in. Like for me, my favorite era of film is the seventies where things were fucking dark and you had De Niro starring as Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, you're like, is, is he the villain or the hero? I don't fucking know. But to piggyback on the villain thing, to me, what every great villain needs to be a great villain is they don't know that they're the villain. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. You could turn the story around 180 and have them be the lead. And it still is compelling because they're not just being bad to be bad, even if that's what it looks like on the surface. Like, again, you look at the classic, the Joker in the Dark Knight. He thinks what he's doing is for a good cause, right. for a good reason to bring restoration to this city and take down the corrupt big elite who have been running it. So he can be a murderous, all of these things. But to him, he those people were, were sacrifices for a greater scheme right. that's going to bring peace. So. I feel like it, it really does come down to to good writing and in a way to where the average audience member, whether they know storytelling structure or they don't, can see that even if it's subconscious. And I think that circles back to reality TV, to be honest, in a lot of ways, because mm -hmm. I think I've personally been depicted like a villain because of I'm a self-proclaimed social justice warrior. Like I don't, what you were saying earlier, it's like, I don't ever mean to like hurt someone, but I feel like I have to get down to the truth of the matter mm -hmm. and course. like the realness of it. And, and at times that can be at the detriment to others, but it's because I'm looking for the greater good. Well, again, like there's, there's an ability to be able to talk about things and speak your mind and make jokes and laugh about things to where you're being a human being. You're not a hateful piece of shit. You're not all of these, like there's just so much that I have a problem with today of people who walk on eggshells and especially in the business that we're in. And I can't tell you how many times I get to know, get to know people and in, in the business on a real level. And they're like, I like, I'll just give you an example. My film is a very hard R for, for so many years People would read it, and for people who don't know, there's something in the industry called coverage. When you submit your screenplay to, let's say, a Warner Brothers or a big production company, and an intern like me or someone writes a review on your thing to give you notes, and you you have the hopes that they want it to develop it to make it, where we've never wanted that. We always wanted to make it ourselves, but I want to see where I'm at. And to make a long story short, if I was going off of the things that the industry had told me, nothing in my film works. Nothing. Because the two highest stakes, uh, not high enough stakes, the character is completely unlikable from moment one, this and that, where I'm going, no, 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 you just, you don't, you don't realize how I'm going to play it. And you also, you're seeing it is so bold on a page where it's, there's layers to that. So, and there's things of people for years now who have seen my film where I feel so much vindication because it came down to the fact of, I have good taste. Everything's a crapshoot. These things work. And there is no much more level of vindication where you have to laugh, where you have people you, cause you never forget the people who were not there for you when you needed them to be. So I had people in high levels who would read my script and say, I can have nothing to do with this because of these things. And then when you pull it off and they see it, these are the same people calling you going, this is why the movie fucking works. This is brilliant. And I'm going, do you not remember four years ago when I needed your help? And you're telling me you can't do this or another great example. I've never made this public. I can't say the company. I can't say anything pre pandemic as we're going into pandemic circle comes out. My life is going great. I'm meeting 
every type of person in the industry you can imagine. And there is a company developing a show on my family. They want to make a show on me and my family and really get like that family type of show that used to get made that doesn't get made anymore. So my film at this point was rough. I mean, we were still rough cutting, but it was there, but it wasn't all the way there. I send it to this producer from this company and me and this this person had gotten pretty close in terms of what my vibe is, what I'm into. And anyone who really gets to know me is usually surprised. Of, I see a loud, big personality on TV, but then I get to know you and you're extremely knowledgeable and a nerd for, for this in a smart <laughs> way. And this person totally gets the film. like, And not just kissing my ass gets it, like... I get what you were going for. I get what you were inspired by. And holy shit, what you guys were able to pull off or what you had is insane. It is insane. I don't want to go into too much in case this ever comes back, but some things happened in the world that changed the course of where things were going. And about a month and a half later, I got a call to immediately get on a Zoom with my manager, my agent, lawyer, this producer, and the head of that company. And they were sitting there basically accusing me of being racist Jesus Christ, because of my film and it, which hadn't come out yet. And basically told me all due respect. If you plan to release this the way that it is, we're going to have to sever ties with you. And now mind you, I've been on this film for 10, 11 years and a month. And I can't say this on the call because I don't, I still have to be smiling. Joey who's thankful for an opportunity. Totally. A month ago, I have the receipts. You loved it and got it and couldn't wait for this to be released so it could help us with our project we were doing. Now, this is terrible. It's going to end my career and do everything. So the point of the matter is, dude, is like you have to you have to have a good instinct. You have to trust yourself. And you also don't you don't go after things to try to be shocking, gratuitous. You got to tell a fucking story because storytelling is about humans and we are fucking flawed. And I want to watch something that I can look up at a screen and see a person with layers, not yeah. just, oh, they're good, they're bad, they're this, they're like, that's not interesting to me. Like, And it's not real life, you know? Well, and, and, and like, what happened to, I, I just, I think people lose track of, you, you're supposed to like everything. To me, some of the most awesome things I love are things I don't like. Like, I love <laughs> that we can go into a movie and see something and you can love it and I fucking hate it. And we, now we have a discussion. Yeah. That to me is what is it supposed to be about where now things are so designed to not offend anybody to where it's like you're making a movie by an alien. There's no human emotion to it. So and that relays back into things like, again, reality television into all of these types. It's all fucking storytelling, dude. I just I just think it's so incredibly frustrating that I see people in their actual lives live certain ways, express themselves in certain ways, but everyone's been sort of conditioned to if a camera comes on or or any sort of thing, nope, I don't I don't think this way, I don't talk this way, I don't do these things. And, and I just I just find like, dude, does anyone else sit back and call fucking bullshit? Or or does everyone just think this is normal? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. And I'm telling you, I woke up feeling very differently than I do now. So I fucking love you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we have a little two last questions. One, this is something that you tweeted, which are you still on Twitter? I actually deactivated my Twitter because I was just getting sick of it and I went on threads. But are you still on Twitter and threads? Still on Twitter. I, I try to tweet at least like once a week just to be Yeah, like, hey, your I'm tweets are here. really fun. Yeah. But you had asked this a few months back and I want to know your answer to it. Well, I have no idea what you're 
Sorry, this is what is what is the greatest love song of all time? Oh fuck! Did I say what it was? No, that's what you asked your followers. So I'm curious what you think, or or just like one out of you know top, your top ten or something. Oh my god! And I'm such a music junkie. Uh, like one in your top ten, since it's such like a, I didn't prepare you for this. I think I think you got to go right now. Top of my head, Unchained Melody. Ooh. That song makes me cry. Yeah, I think like Unchained Melody, uh, Keep on Loving You, Ario Speedwagon, So Bubblegum Cheese, but oh, I love it. So also, good. Uh, Can't Help Falling in Love, Elvis. I mean, dude, like there's there's so many staples, but I think Unchained Melody is the type of song that will just forever stand the test of time. Also, an, another great one is uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love, Elvin Bishop. That's mm. a fucking classic, but yeah, I think uh, I got to go Unchained Melody. Look at this little softy with his big old heart. <laughs> okay, Luke, now do you wanna you wanna lead our last question? I cannot sing today. Okay, I'm not okay, it, we're not but... gonna sing it. We're just gonna ask you then. Ready? Sure. I would do anything for love. But I won't do you know the meatloaf song, right? So No, I don't know. I'm you not don't a know, you don't know this. The, oh, okay, okay. I would do anything for love. Oh, okay, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, okay. But, but I, I won't, won't do, do that. he says I won't do that. So what what is your answer? You would do anything for love, but you won't do. Mm. It could be anything under the anything under the world. Some people say anal. Some people say like swim with sharks. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm a kinky fuck. I'm into exploring. And stuff. <laughs> uh, I think the only thing I wouldn't do is is quit the business or my career. That's it. Boom. You should never you, like look at this is who I am. This is what I've always wanted. Anyone that I'm with should respect that and want to want to be there for me on that journey the same way I'd want to be with them and to ever get to a place of someone being threatened by what I have to do and when I have to be on or leave and go and shoot and film or do red carpets or do, go down the list of all the shit. Yeah, you're a hustler. If it ever came down to like, again, it's either me or this, that's not the person I want to be with because that's so incredibly unfair and just not right. It's a great fucking answer. Right. Great answer. Not giving up your dreams because your dreams should be supported. Well, and do it again. Like if it's your fucking passion that you cannot live without this, that's what it takes when you are following a dream. If a person is going to be threatened by, and most are just for the record, most are, most cannot handle it. That should not be the person for you because I believe to be successful in a relationship you have to be 110% honest and present with who you are. Otherwise, it is a matter of time before resentment builds, mistakes are made, things go unnoticed, and shit will build until it fucking explodes. So if a person does not have your back on that, that ain't the fucking person for you. And granted, that doesn't mean they have to be either. Not everyone wants to fucking live with a broke actor in L.A. chasing a dream who can't get anywhere. <laughs> and you're slinging fucking drinks, trying to do anything to get some like, look, that's not an easy road. I've lived it. It's miserable. It fucking sucks. So if someone doesn't want to deal with that, I totally get it. But your person should and will. That That's just my opinion. Or you'll find them after. I love you know, that. What a perfect yeah. ending to this, Joey. I love you so much. I can't wait until the goat comes out so we can get you on again and talk about that. And just, yeah, you're fascinating. I feel like I was just in therapy. You are my soul sister and you're one of the most positive, like strong human beings I've ever met for sure. 
and please throw in flawed because my God. And flawed. Thank Perfectly you. flawed. Same. Same here. That's why I love you so much. It's funny when people give you compliments like that. Again, all you hear is the people in your life who have thrown shit at you that are like, you're so fake and people think this and that. I'm like, I got to throw it in there, son. No, nope, I'm a flawed <laughs> motherfucker. Let's talk about it. But yeah, dude, no, this has been so much fun and anytime you guys want me to come on i'm fucking game for it whatever 100 percent. and i'll be in la in a couple of weeks so we better fucking get together oh we're hanging out for show yeah you I'll, just I'll call me sherman oaks dude let me know yes oh, perfect amazing awesome okay and then tell everyone where they can follow you dude all all of the sites all the sites is it just all at Joey Sasso, right? Yeah, yeah killer. You'll figure it out if you if you really want to. It's there. Yep, you'll figure it out. <laughs> all right, I love I like you that. so much. Sending all my love to you and your girl, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, nice meeting you, man. Thanks for coming on. You too, buddy. Good luck with the movie. Congrats on that. Thanks. You appreciate too. It. We're so excited for you. Yes. All right, guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. Make sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me on all platforms at Kristen Doty and follow Luke on Instagram at Luke double underscore Broderick. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with new episodes every single Wednesday. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.